The Four Corners Podcast presents The Final Crusade, a Pathfinder 1E Mythic Rules adventure playing Wrath of the Righteous. Come sit at our table and join our five intrepid players for the high highs. Our Mythic Tier 2! <laughs> the low lows. And hits her in the temple. Are you fucking kidding me? And she dies. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, what? Utter chaos. Solidarity! And then she's gonna pull a card from the deck. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, this is going off the rails. Oh, <laughs> An untold mystery. And I guess we'll have to find out what it all means <laughs> next time on the final crusade. Wait, what is happening? It's oh. a great question. I'm so confused. <laughs> Join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms. The following podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Tale of the Manticore. Like the creature from which it takes its name, Tale of the Manticore is a mashup, a crossbreeding between two different species of storytelling. Here you will find the unpredictability of old school paper and dice games with the storycraft of a dark fantasy novel. No character is sacred and no character will be spared if the dice decide their fate is at hand. The dice determine all. According to lore, the tale of a manticore is barbed with cruel iron spikes. There will be much pain in the days ahead. Last time on Tale of the Manticore. The last chapter starts with a short but intense battle with two Gaxarn living statues of iron who are defeated by a combination of resourcefulness and sheer unbridled power. The party retreats, luring them into the hallway where the statues trigger the blade trap. Once they've been damaged and immobilized, Umura unleashes her new spell, Lightning Bolt, which destroys one of them completely and damages the other badly enough to allow Gyrios to finish it off with his flail. Next, the party continues further into the vault where, midway down the second hall, they find evidence of another sprung trap, scorch marks, that Grumblebelly identifies as a discharged glyph of warding. Finally, they reach the crypt itself. The crypt is a large, long room flanked by sarcophagi and set in the walls. It is here that the footsteps they have been following terminate. Sov Merimon is here, and he has beaten them to the horn. Neither side is surprised, but neither are they truly prepared for the other, and a tense face-off ensues. It is Harl, never one to show much in the way of patience, who makes the first move. Chapter 50, Part 1, Day 62, Late Afternoon. Party Status, Harl, 20 of 26 hit points. Gyrios. 26 of 33 hit points. 
Eridine, 11 of 14 hit points. Umura, 23 of 23 hit points. Grumblebelly, 11 of 11 hit points. Spells available. Umura has memorized Shield, Charm Person, Levitate, and Knock. Gyrios has prayed for Cure Light Wounds and Bless. Grumblebelly has memorized Detect Magic and Protection from Evil. Eridine, kill him. Eridine's arrow flew across the length of the crypt, seeking its target, while Umura raised her hands, a spell already on her lips. Well, here we are. The inevitable confrontation between Sav Merriman, Dark Cleric of Enth Kadra, and the companions on their quest to retrieve Blacknail's Warhorn and keep it out of Barak Ironskin's hands. Here is what the party is up against. Sav is a 7th level cleric, armed with powerful spells, including one that is truly devastating. However, he's wounded from the glyph of warding that he detonated on his way in. We'll work out the details as they become necessary, but for now, I just need a single die roll to determine which side acts first. Sav knows that he cannot defeat this group in a fight. He heard them destroy both living statues, and they do not look much the worse for wear. He is no fool, but as he faces his almost certain death, for he has no intention of surrendering the horn and forsaking his deity's command, he experiences a moment of clarity. Perhaps the idea is put into his head by the Lord of Maggots himself. Perhaps not, but Sav knows exactly what to do, despite it being something he had not planned on doing. This initiative role has the potential to change the course of this whole story. Well, without further delay, here it is. A d6, high score wins. The party, a 6. Sov, a 5. Sov has a maximum hit point total of 26, but he's been burned by one of Blacknail's traps and currently stands at 14 points, having made a saving throw and taken half damage, just 12. The cleric does not use curative magic, even on himself, and so 14 hit points remains his current total. In his chain mail and with his dexterity bonus, he has an armor class of 4. Eridine, after her 2 hit bonus, will need a 14 to hit him. Her roll. A 5. The rogue's nerves have betrayed her. Her arrow sails harmlessly past Sov's shoulder while he stares at her, unblinking. Rumblebell's nerves are shattered. In fact, he has never been more frightened in his life. For now, his only action will be to take a few steps back so that he is closest to the exit. Both Harl and Gyrios charge forward, weapons out. They cannot reach their enemy this round, but Umura can take an action before Sov, and she will take her best shot. She casts Charm Person. Sov, as a seventh level cleric, has a good chance to resist her spell. With his wisdom bonus, he only needs to roll an 11 or better on a d20. Now, I'm actually a little worried about this roll because if he fails it, the battle will be over before it begins. Even if that is anticlimactic, this is what Umura would do. She would try to win. This is a game, not a movie. So let's get on with it. It's going to come down to a 50-50 chance. Here's the roll. A 17. 
Sov's face contorts for a split second while Umura's magic tries to insinuate itself in his brain, but he shakes it off, and his ghastly smile returns. Now, it is his turn to act. He lifts his left hand to his lips, and sounds Black Nail's horn. As they helplessly watched the unthinkable happen, time became elastic. It distorted, stretched, pulling everything slowly apart. Just as quickly, reality snapped back and a concussive blast from the horn blew them off their feet and back through the air. The energies unleashed from the horn sundered the lids of the sarcophagi and ripped brick from the walls. Bits of stone, bones, and other debris rained over the companions as they struggled to see through the thick dust that had been kicked up. They scrambled to their feet, dazed and disoriented, as the tall figure resolved through the swirling smoke and strode toward them. Harl coughed and sputtered. <coughs> What have you done? You fool! Oh, what have you done? Sov continued to approach, specter-like, a dark silhouette. Are you mad? Sov stopped and looked down over the dwarf. He idly dropped the horn to the floor and then crushed it with his boot. No! Damn you! You have doomed us all! At the end of time, when all are dead and all has gone to decay, there will be one god left standing. Only one. And I will stand beside him. Who... who are you? Sov paused, and there was an eerie stillness as the dust began to settle about the crypt. He held forth a finger from which a single shadowy tendril now writhed like a leech searching for a host. Sov has cast his most powerful spell, the fifth level spell, Finger of Death. It is the reverse of the spell, Raise Dead. Sov does not even need to touch his victim for the spell to work. He simply needs to point at them. Then a save versus death is their only hope. You want to know who I am? I am the Mothswing Paladin. And this is when Sov Merriman, dark cleric of the old god of decay, pointed his finger, uttered the prayer, and killed himself. The companions had barely parsed what had happened when the thing that had been solved stood back up. It was transforming, changing, from toes to top. His cloak began to rot, disintegrating before their very eyes. The dark chain Bernie bloomed with brown patches of rust, the flesh of his hands became scabrous and then peeled back. His cheeks, already pale, turned gray and maggots could be seen moving under the skin. Once glossy black hair turned wispy white like cobwebs. His eyes had no pupils. They had turned as blank as the pages of his unholy book. When the thing that had been solved opened its mouth to speak, Centipedes and worms fell from it, 
landing on the crypt floor where they wriggled and squirmed. Oskotep ni thundarum. In death, I am reborn. Pushing their terror to the side, the companions steeled their nerves and prepared to fight. The monster that the PCs now face cannot be found in any book. Sav's unholy transfiguration has turned him into what could be called an undead priest, or anti-paladin. Essentially, he has become Voss, the Mothswing paladin that he imagined so long ago. In game terms, and for the upcoming battle, here's what we will need to know. Sav has sacrificed his dexterity bonus and now has an armor class of 5. This is about the only penalty he'll take in exchange for numerous benefits. His hit points will go up to 50, and he will attack as an 8-hit-die monster. Soth had already cast an Unholy Bless spell on himself well before the companions arrived, and from this he will get a plus 1 on his 2-hit and damage rolls. He has also cast Protection from Good, but luckily for the party, the spell has recently expired. Sov will never roll morale or flee, and Gyrios is not high enough level to be able to turn him. He retains all the spells he had at the time of his death. They are Cause Fear, Hold Person, Animate Dead, Striking, and Cause Serious Wounds. He fights with the mace that is enchanted with a plus one bonus. In total, he will have plus two to both two hit and damage rolls. You know, it's ironic that when Umura cast her spell of Charm Person, I was worried, but not for the PCs. A great battle would have been lost if Sov failed to save, and I wanted this fight to occur. But now that we are here, and this is about to happen, my worry has returned, and this time it is very much for the PCs. I need to mentally prepare myself for the possibility that things will go horribly wrong. Well, enough worry and speculation. Let's get down to it. Round 1. Initiative. The party. A two. The anti-paladin. A four. Voss raises his left hand, which begins to glow with a sickly greenish light. Then, from either side, the centuries dead members of the Black Nail family begin to rise, though they are now nothing more than bones. They rattle up from the floor and crawl out of the recesses of the stone shelves where they had rested for so many years. Voss has cast Animate Dead and has raised seven skeletons with the spell. I will not stat up these creatures just yet, because Gyrios' first action will be to try to turn them. As a fifth level cleric, Gyrios is guaranteed a success, and in fact he will not only turn them, but destroy them outright. But the number affected is up to the dice. I'll roll 2d6 to see how many he destroys. Seven. That means he destroys them all. In his shield hand, Gyrios clutches tight the gold coin that is his holy symbol. Perhaps it's because of the solstice, but his voice has never sounded more commanding. Creatures of darkness, you are enemies of Mazagar and shall burn in his light! A golden flash fills the room and all seven skeletons are blown to pieces, utterly annihilated. Now the other members of the party may take their turns. Harl engages the anti-paladin in melee combat, he needs a 10 to hit. His roll? A 12. Harl slashes the fiend across the belly for... 8 points. 
mouth opens a gash which releases a handful of creeping insects instead of blood, but Voss does not even seem to feel the blow. Eridine is next. She moves to flank. There's no bonus this round, but I might allow a backstab if she can get behind him next round. Her short sword sings out, and she needs a 14 to hit. A 4. Voss easily parries her blow with his mace. Umora sees what Eridine is trying to do. She understands that the more opponents surrounding their enemy, the easier it will be for Eridine to get behind him. She casts Shield on herself and prepares to enter the fray next round. By contrast, Grumblebelly has no intention of getting anywhere near melee range. He casts Protection from Evil on himself and cowers behind a sarcophagus. Round 2. Initiative. The party. 3. The Anti-Paladin. A 6. Voss may be frustrated by Gyrios's destruction of his animated minions, but he is far from beaten. He has plenty of other tools at his disposal. He casts Hold Person. He could choose to use this against a single target, Harl or Gyrios most likely, and they would need to save at a penalty. Or he could use it on multiple targets, but this involves a risk, because the spell affects 1d4 enemies, and they do not save at a penalty. There's a chance he would affect only one. I'm really not sure which is his best choice, so I'm going to determine it all at random. High, low. High means multiple targets. On a d20. 13. Multiple targets, it is. He casts the spell, and it affects... Three people. I guess his gamble paid off. Now Harl, Gyrios, and Eridine will each need to save versus spells, or be held fast for... Ooh, the rules say nine turns. Well, that's the rest of the fight. Harl needs to get a 10 or better. His save. Yes, a 15. Harl is familiar with necrotic paralysis. He suffered it at the hands of some ghouls earlier back in the convent. He recognizes the feeling and marshals his strength to resist. Gyrios is next. He needs a 12 or higher. Natural 20. This is a blessed day for the young cleric. His mind is a tower of iron will. Eridine is last, and she needs a 15. She'll require some serious luck, I think. Rolling. 17! Unbelievable! Voss's efforts are wasted, as the spell fails completely. Now it's the party's turn. Harl tries to land a second blow. A 3 is a miss. His axe meets Voss's mace in a shower of sparks, as the anti-paladin turns away his blade. <laughs> Gyrios cannot use his bless spell so he makes a regular attack. A 12 will hit. Like Harl, he has rolled a 3 and misses. Now Umora steps into the fight. Her shimmering shield spell improves her AC to a 4. She can't really hurt Voss that much, but that's not her true intention. Still, she tries to stab him. She'll need a 15 to hit. A 12 misses. Now we come to Eridine, who, since her companions have him surrounded, has managed to get behind the anti-paladin and can attempt a backstab. The rules are a little fuzzy on whether or not this is allowed, but I think that, given all the limitations of the thief class, this should be allowed whenever it makes sense. And here it makes sense to me. She'll get a plus four bonus to hit and double damage if she connects. She still needs to get an 11 or better. Her roll, a four. Voss is aware of her and pivots at the last moment so Eridine's blade finds only air. It seems that all combatants failed in their attempts in round two, but all things considered, I'd say that the companions are getting the upper hand. None of the party members has taken a single point of damage, 
and Voss has been deprived of two spells. Let's see what happens next. Round three, initiative. The party, a six. The anti-paladin, a six. Everything happened simultaneously. Let's begin with Voss. He would use his most deadly attack. The only question is, who would he use it on? He doesn't know anything about his enemies, and he has good reason for attacking any one of them, so I think I'll make it random. I'll roll a d4 to see who he attacks. It's Gyrios. Okay, makes sense. Gyrios is a cleric of a rival deity after all, and it was Gyrios who dispatched his skeletal servants. Voss needs a 10 to hit him with his outstretched hand, which now crackles with eldritch power. Voss has cast the spell, cause serious wounds. It all ruled that the simultaneous initiative means that his spell was not interrupted. Here's the roll. A 10. Voss shoves Umura out of the way and grabs Gyrios by the throat. With impossible strength, he lifts the cleric one-handed off the ground. <laughs> After the necrotic energy has discharged into him, Voss tosses Gyrios to the ground. The spell causes 2d6 plus 3 points of damage. Gyrios is lucky. I've rolled a 4 on the dice, so he suffers just 7 points, dropping him to 19. Unpleasant, but it could have been much worse. Now it's the PC's turn. Harl hacks at Voss's knee. A 9 just misses as Voss steps to the side. Umura will try. A 9 is another miss. Eridine can no longer backstab. That's a once per battle kind of thing in my books, but she can certainly try to hit him. She faints and lunges. An 18 is a hit. She strikes the back of Voss's arm, shearing straight through the chain mail. Five points of damage. More insects fall to the floor and scurry off in all directions. Voss now has 37 hit points left. Let's see if Gyrios can connect. Remember, everything this round happens simultaneously. He needs a 12. A 13 is a hit. But just two points of damage are inflicted. Huh. Round four. Before I roll for initiative, I need to know if Voss will try to cast another spell. If he does and loses initiative, the spell will likely be interrupted, so I need to decide first. Let me think. What would he do? Both cause fear and striking would give him an edge. I'm just not sure, so I'll make it random. High-low to see if he casts. High is yes. Nope. He'll attack normally. Okay, let's roll for initiative. The party. The three. The anti-paladin. A five. Voss's target remains the same. That only makes sense. He swings his mace as Gyrios is picking himself up off the floor. A nine will hit. <laughs> you should have seen how that dice flopped onto an eight. I think the hand of Mazagar may have given it a nudge there. The mace head crashes into the floor where Gyrios had been just a split second earlier, shattering brick. The party retaliates. Harl. A 19 is a hit. Four? Six points. They are literally cutting him down bit by bit. <coughs> Gyrios is next. That's a miss. Umura. Another miss. And Eridine. A one. Voss grabs her by the wrist and flings her across the room. <coughs> Eridine will lose her next turn. Round five. Rolling to see what Voss will do. A spell. 50% chance for either of his remaining spells. He'll cast Striking. If he loses initiative, he'll probably lose the spell. But let's roll to see what happens. 
party. A two. The anti-paladin. A four. Voss utters some words in a language long unspoken, and his mace begins to pulsate with a hellish red glow. Now it's the party's turn to act. Harl. An eleven hits. Four. Eight points of damage. Not quick enough to stop the spell, Harl still manages to ram his blade into Voss's knee, bringing the anti-paladin down past the halfway mark to 21 points. <coughs> Gyrios is up. A 10 is a miss, and Voss parries his attack. Umura. Another miss. Eridine picks up her sword and rushes back to the fight, but due to her critical fail last round, she won't get there until the next one. Round 6. The party. 2. The anti-paladin. 3. Voss would be a fool not to use his melee attack. The striking spell adds an additional d6 of damage to any hit. His pupilless eyes seem to fix on Gyrios, and his weapon comes whooshing in. His roll? A 2. Gyrios brings his shield up just in time to block the mighty blow that rings it like a gong and shivers his arm. Harl is up. A 15 hits. 5 more points. Harl's axe shears off several fingers from the anti-paladin's left hand. Gyrios swings his flail. Nat 20. That's max damage plus... Only a 1. Still, 7 points brings Voss down to just 9 hit points. Umora. A 19. The PCs are on a roll, I think. Her dagger bites into flesh. 4 points. When Umora hits, she hits hard. There's the potential here for Eridine to finish this fight right now. Here goes. The seven will not do it. Round seven. This will likely be the final round. The party. A one. The anti-paladin. Also a one. Simultaneous. Let's begin with the party. Harl goes for the killing blow. An eleven. That is just enough to hit. A one on the die means he does just three points and the anti-paladin still stands. Perhaps it's more fitting if Gyrios is the one to finish it off. No good. An eleven for him is a miss. Humora. A miss. Eridine. A sixteen. That is a hit. She gets behind him once again and finds her opening. Anything but a one on the die will put an end to this monster. I've got a four. She puts her sword tip between his shoulder blades and shoves with all of her strength. That's the end for Voss, but because initiative was simultaneous, he gets a dying blow. Let's make it interesting and roll to see who he attacks. Will it be Harl, Gyrios, Umura, or Eridine? On a d4. A three, that's Umura. Good thing she has her shield spell up, but will it be enough to deflect the deadly mace? Voss needs an eight to hit her. The roll? A four. He's about to smash her with the glowing weapon when Eridine's sword tip bursts through the middle of his chest. At the moment of victory, Harl looks up and, for just a fraction of a moment, swears he sees a triumphant smile flicker across Voss's face. Then the look is gone. The face goes slack. The anti-paladin convulses as though being shocked and then explodes into a shower of roaches, centipedes, and worms. When it's over, there is nothing left of Sov Meriman. No trace of the human he once was, other than an empty suit of armor and a mace with a fading reddish glow. The fight 
is over. Thanks so much for listening to Tale of the Manticore. Can you believe that this is episode 50? 50! That's about 25 hours of audio D&D, and it looks like there's more to come, because the story just isn't over. It's true that one of the main antagonists has been defeated, but I'm sure you can tell that Harl, Gyrios, Umura, and Eredin are not done. Not by a long shot. I wish I could say that I'd planned for this climax in the story to occur neatly on episode 50, but it was just random good luck. I owe that to the dice gods, and I'll leave it to Umura and Gyrios to debate over whether or not it was fated to be. In other news, the show has recently undergone another growth spurt, and new listeners are finding out about the show every day. I have all of you to thank for that. To everyone who has retweeted an episode announcement or recommended the show online or to friends, I want to thank you. To those who have rated or reviewed the show on iTunes and other platforms, you have my undying love. Each one makes such a big difference. Quite a few of you have purchased One Shot in the Dark, my little game available on DriveThruRPG, too. Some folks have even sent me photos of the maps they've made during gameplay. That's a huge thrill for me. Please accept my gratitude for your support and my sincere wish that you have fun with the game. I'm told it's especially good for younger players. Finally, to all of my voice actors, what can I say? You bring the story to life. Except in the case of Russ of YumDM.com, back to play Sov Maramon slash Voss the Mothwing's Paladin, who brings the story to Unlife. As always, you can follow me on social media, at Manticore Tale on Twitter and Tale of the Manticore Podcast on Instagram. If you have questions about the show, I'm collecting them for a potential future mailbag episode. You can give me your name or ask anonymously. Hit me up with your questions at taleofthemanticore at gmail.com. The adventure will continue next time on Tale of the Manticore. The story where chaos rolls. <laughs>